Today we're going to be talking about God's faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. We just sang about it today, and we're going to talk about it. You know, there's two types of people in the world. Those who get excited for change, they love it. You get an update on your phone, and they're like, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it when they get changes, like excited for change. Oh, there's a new app coming out. They're updating. Oh, they're updating Facebook. Oh, they're updating my iOS system. Oh, they're updating this. And you get really excited about all the new change. And then there's those who aren't excited for change. And they're like, an update? What are they trying to do? I know this is Russia. They're spying on me. We're trying to take all my all my daily activity to tracking me. This is just another thing of the government. They're trying to track me. Update. I mean, we think everything is a conspiracy. We don't like change. We're not comfortable with change. But the one thing we can hold on to that will never change is this. The faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness doesn't need an update. God's faithfulness will not change. God's faithfulness is what it is. He is true and he is faithful. I love what Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says. It says he is what? The rock. Let's say it out loud. A highlighted words, let's say it together. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Today, long before Wayne Johnson ever thought about starring in any movie, he was not the original rock. Let me tell you who the original rock was. That was our Jesus. He's the rock of our salvation. He's the rock of our life today. The rock, what does it mean when it says rock? Rock means a fortress, a solid, stable place. So when you hear the Bible talking about a rock, or a stable situation. He's talking about us building our life on a stable situation. Jesus said, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. That's what he says. So today, if you want to be wise, you want to show wisdom, then you learn what it means to build your house, your family, your personal life on the rock. Jesus says he is the rock, and then he goes on to say, not only is he the rock, but he is faithful. He is a faithful God. So how do we understand God's faithfulness today? Number one, write this down. If you want to understand at a deeper level God's faithfulness, you got to stand on God's character. you got to learn to stand on God's character. We have a tendency to hold on to the rope. And let me tell you what I mean. When I was 15 years old and I weighed a buck 50, I went water skiing with some friends for the first time. And they said, just hang on to the rope and we'll pull you out of the water, lean back, put your weight on. And then my friend's like, he'll never get it. He'll never get it. You know, this is really hard. And you want to know on the first try, I shot up out of the water. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm skiing on the water, and I'm like, yeah, there ain't nothing to this. Yeah, I got this. 15. I didn't have a boat. It was my friend's boat. And let's fast forward now about 15, 18 more years later. And I had some other friends decided to take me out and go skiing. I'm like, yeah, I'm an expert. I'm great. I'm an expert skiing. Except I didn't weigh a buck 50 anymore. 
about 70 pounds more than that at the time. I'm like, all right, let's go. I got to hold the rope. They're going to pull me right out. And all of a sudden they take off and I go head first underwater. And what I don't do is let go of the rope. I hang on to the rope. And I'm like, you know, the water's going. I can't, I'm like, I'm going to go up any minute. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up. And I, they kept dragging me further and further down. And finally they're like, let go of the rope. I can't hear anything. There's so much water going through my mouth, through my nose, and through my ears. Finally, like, let go of the rope. I let go of the rope. And all of a sudden I, I come back up to the top. And, you know, one of the things they said, hey, you held on to that rope way longer. He's like, listen, if you start going under, just let go of the rope and we'll try it again, okay? He goes, don't, don't hang on to the rope so long because when you hang on to the rope, you're always going to get drug under, okay? And so for many of us, I think that's the way it is. We, life starts dragging us underwater. We start going through a, a season where we just need to let go of the rope. We keep hanging on to the rope. You know, we're like, mm, yeah, I got this. And we're ready. And we get drugged under. Instead of letting go of the rope, we're like, no, I got this. No, you don't. You're drowning. No, you don't. You're being taken under. But sometimes we just got to let go of the rope. You know what happens when you let go of the rope? You get a life vest on. And immediately you start rising to the top. And immediately my head's, the first thing that happens, my head's above water. And so it's important that we learn a lot that many times we're hanging on to the rope. I got this, I got this, I got this. No, God's got this. And the quicker I can let go and put my faith into his faithfulness, understand his character, that the goodness of God, who he is, the quicker I can rise above and quit and be dragged under. Let go of the rope. We got to let go of the rope and let God's faithfulness take over in our life. Now let's go to our text we've been using every week here. You should know this scripture by now. We've used it the last couple of weeks. Let's use it again. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh the Lord, the God of what? Compassion and mercy. Let's say the highlighted words together. Of compassion and mercy, I'm slow to anger and filled with what? Unfailing love and faithfulness. And so we've talked about these other things today. I want to end today this series with talking about the faithfulness of God. God said he was faithful. God said, I am faithful. I'm full of mercy. I'm full of love. I'm full of compassion. I'm slow to anger. He said all these things, but he said, I am faithful. I am full of faithfulness. People can change from day to day. Do you ever work with people who you just don't know what side of the bed they're going to get up on in the morning. You know now, you don't talking about. You just like before you talk to them, you got to kind of feel the room out and see where they're at today. Don't 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 look at your boss now. I'm just talking about you know we walk into work and sometimes certain people you know you just kind of need to feel the room out. Certain family members may be that way. You kind of you kind of give them time to get their coffee. You got to give them time to wash their face. You got you, you just kind of let it organically happen. You're not going to be you're not going to force the conversation early because it, it may not be pretty. But let me tell you today, God isn't like that. God is, never gets up on the wrong side of the bed. God is never in a bad mood. God is never in the mood where He's going to neglect you. God is a faithful God. He is full of faithfulness. He's full of compassion and He's full of favor, full of mercy. God doesn't operate that way. God doesn't just get up on the wrong side of the bed. James said, God does not 
change. That's what James said, the book of James. God doesn't change. God is nothing like the person who broke your heart. Let me say it to you again. God is nothing like the person who hurt you and let you down. God is nothing like the person who hurt you with their words. God is nothing like the church or the leader who hurt you in your past. God is nothing like that. But he is giving. He is loving. He is caring. He is lifting you up. He is always helping me. He is always compassionate. He is always full of love. He is always full of favor. He is always full of faithfulness. Our God is a faithful God. You can depend on him every single day. That's why I can get up in the morning and let go of the rope and say, God, my faith is in you. God, I'm looking unto you because you do not change and you want the best for me. And if I put my faith in you, you always turn it around for my good. Someone said, amen. God always turns things around for our good. Look, your feelings are not facts. We got to keep reminding ourselves this. Just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean it's facts. Now, I want to say this. Your feelings may be true to how you're feeling. You're feeling, I'm not denying your feelings are not true. But what I'm telling you, your, your feelings are not facts. Because our feelings will continue to lie to us. Our feelings will have us giving up. Our feelings will have us mad and angry. Our feelings will have us hanging on to the rope. Our feelings deceive us. You got to realize my feelings are not facts. Because too many people are up and down according to their feelings. When the feelings are great, they're in church doing well. When the feelings aren't, they're giving up on God, they're giving up on church, they're giving up on relationships. Listen, your feelings are not facts. The only thing that is fact is that God will not change. No matter what you're feeling right now, God is still faithful. No matter what you might feel like, God is not distant from you, but he is close as the mention of his name. I'm telling you, God draws close to those who are in despair. God draws close to those who are hurting. God draws close to those who call upon his name. God is right there. He has not forgotten you. I know you're going through pain, but he is there to carry you. He is there to support you. He is there lifting you up. He's there to exceed to the Father on your behalf. God is closer than what we think. He still is close. Hebrews 13, 8, look what it says. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say that together. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. When you're up, he's the same God as when you're down. The same God when you're just middle of the road, wherever you're at, he's the same God in your life. And you got to realize that just because I may be feeling down doesn't mean God has forgotten me. But God many times is at our closest if we'll just look to him. Keep your eyes on him. God is the same when I'm being blessed as when I'm struggling. Isn't that amazing? God's the same when I'm hurting as when I'm feeling great. If you take your eyes off God and start staring at what's around you, 
it will pull you under. You want to learn to get back on top of the water? What did, what did Jesus tell Peter? Come, come to me. Remember, Peter called at him out of the boat. And Peter gets out of the boat. And when his eyes are on Jesus, it says he walked above the water, walked right on the water, right to Jesus. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink immediately under the water. Listen, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what the storm looks like. No matter how bad the waves get, those who keep their eyes on Jesus and his faithfulness are the ones who rise above the storm, are the ones who rise above the rough water, are the ones who don't go under. Listen, let go of the robe and look to God's faithfulness. He is there for you. But when you let go of the robe and put your eyes upon Jesus, you rise back up. It happens in our life. Number two, write this down. Not only do you hold to God's character, but you got to stand on God's promises. Learn to stand on God's promises. How many know that all of God's promises are yes and amen? God's promises are agreements he has made with you and I. God's made promises, agreements, covenants with you and I. You know, when my wife and I were first married, we had this great idea that, you know, we had no kids, just her and I. So we came up with the, some roles in the house and we made some agreements. She's like, I'll do laundry if you take out the trash. I'm like, I can do that. She goes, I can do this. You know, just, just two of us, we can handle this. And whoever cooks, the other person can, can jump in and help with the dishes. So we, we had this covenant relationship. We had this covenant bond in our promises and it worked good for a while. But what I didn't realize was this, that that covenant worked as long as I didn't complain about how the laundry was done. When I complained about how you washed this or you left this dry here and I wanted this hung up and I started complaining about how the laundry was being done, all of a sudden the laundry wasn't being done the way I thought it was going to be done. And if she began to nag about how I took out the trash, when I took out the trash, if I didn't take it out before she went to bed, maybe I want to get up early and do it early in the morning. If I, she started nagging, well, you know, tomorrow's a trash day. Don't miss the trash day. It'll be another whole week. It starts nagging at me. And all of a sudden, I'm slower to take out the trash than what we originally agreed. No amens. Come on now. What I'm saying is this. I, I didn't realize there was loopholes in our covenant relationship. I didn't realize we had loopholes in our promises. But I got some good news for you. The good news is this. There are no loopholes in God's promises to you and I. There are no loopholes. God is a faithful God. And if he promises he will do it, he will do it. You can stand on him as a solid rock, as a stable foundation. God keeps his promises. Even when I don't. I'm here to tell you, even when I don't keep all my promises, God keeps his promises. God has no loopholes. Look at Genesis 15, 5 and 6. Talking about Abraham, I remember we were talking about him. It says God took him outside and said, look up to the sky, count the stars, and if indeed you can count them all, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So Abram, who later God changed his name to Abraham, believed the Lord, 
And the Lord credited to him as righteous. Abraham believed what God said. And then God credited to him as righteousness. What does the word believe mean? The word believe means that Abraham had faith in God. Abraham ignited his faith in God's faithfulness. Abraham was, had faith in God's faithfulness to his word. When God made a promise to Abraham, even though he had no children, even though he was beyond the years that a normal person would have in childbearing, he says he began to believe what God had said to him. Even though it looked impossible, Abraham had faith in the Lord. And because of that, God credited back to him his righteousness. Abraham had faith in God's faithfulness. That's what I'm asking you today. Do you have faith that God is a faithful God? If so, live like it. Do you believe God is a faithful God? If you do, then begin to believe like it. Begin to trust like it. Let me say it to you now. If you believe God is true to his promise, then give like it. Serve like it. Worship like it. Witness like it. Come on, love somebody like it. If God is a faithful God, it should radically change your life because his promises have no loopholes in our life. We do, but God doesn't. He will not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God tells Abraham, listen. Abraham's like, God, how do I know you're going to keep this promise? And God said, I want you to prepare the blood covenant. And they had a, a way they did this, a traditional way. They would split the, the goat in half and then both parties, when they made a blood covenant, would walk through the middle of that animal together, walking through the blood as a symbol of the blood covenant. They would walk through it together. But something amazing happens in the story. We see where Abraham splits the sacrifice. And when it's time for both of them to walk together, God touches Abraham and puts him into a deep sleep. And while Abraham's asleep... God comes through and he walks through that covenant alone. And then Abraham wakes up and God's like, listen, I've already, I've already walked through the covenant. And he's like, wait, 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 how did you get to, how did you get to walk with you, God? I was supposed to walk with you. There was a reason why God didn't want Abraham to walk through that covenant. Because he knew that Abraham could not keep his covenant. He knew that you and I, there was no way that you and I could keep the covenant. He knew that at some point we would let down the covenant. There was only one person who could be faithful to the covenant, and that was God. And God passed through the blood that proved to you and I that he would hold true to his covenant. This is good news for you and I today because God has passed through the covenant and made a covenant with you and I, and it's nothing that you and I have done but something God took upon himself saying, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm going to pass through the blood, and I'm going to make a covenant with you and I will not let you down. I will be a faithful God. And God walked through the covenant for us. We were not good enough to walk through the covenant. God didn't expect us to make a covenant we couldn't keep. But he alone walked through the covenant for both of us, guaranteeing the promise. God was the guarantor of the promise. It wasn't upon Abraham. It was upon God. God guaranteed the covenant, and God walked through the blood to sacrifice himself. Look at Luke twenty-two twenty. 20. Jesus, after the supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this is a cup. It is a new covenant between God and his people. And an agreement confirmed with my blood. 
which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So we know what he's talking about now. He was talking about what was going to happen over the next 24 hours. But we understood that he was going to give himself as a sacrifice on the cross. His blood was going to be shed. And he was saying, this blood becomes the new covenant. You can't be sacrificed because you can't keep the covenant. I can't keep the covenant. You can't keep the covenant. I'm not that good. You're not that good. There's only one person who has the power to keep that kind of covenant, and it was Jesus. And Jesus said, I will go. When you and I deserve to die for our sins, he came and he made the covenant for you and I. He walked through the covenant. He made the covenant with the Father. He made a covenant between the Father. The Father, I will die for the sins of the world. He walked through the blood for you and I. I'm telling you, this is amazing when you realize it. The faithfulness of God is not based on my performance. It's not based on my sin. It's not based on my past. It's based on the promise of the covenant that Jesus did for us. That should get you really excited today. Come on, give God a hand clap and a praise. It's a new covenant. It's a new covenant. We're going to take a new covenant coming up on Palm Sunday. I can't wait to take together as we take some time to really reflect on this. You know, Romans 4, 16. Look what it says here. So the promise is received by what? Faith. So we receive the covenant not because we pass through the blood and actually sacrificed ourselves, but we received the covenant, the promise received by faith, our faith. God's a faithful God. So if I have faith that he is faithful, I can receive the promise. It's given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like who? Abraham. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. He says, if you can raise your faith up and trust me like Abraham did, Abraham believed him even when he didn't understand it. Even when he didn't know how it happened, Abraham had faith in the faithfulness of God. And so for us to move to a different level in our life, you got to have faith in the faithfulness of God. God, you are faithful. God, you are more than able. God, you will work all things out together for my good because your word declares it. God, you will bless my sacrifice. God, you will bless my giving. God, you will bless my serving. God, you will turn it around for my good. God, you will heal my family. God, you will restore my life because that's who you are if we have faith like Abraham's what he says we can receive we receive the promise Jesus became look at this Jesus became our co-signer isn't that amazing Jesus became our co-signer why because he knew this he knew that you and I were not good enough on our own there's no way we could come into an agreement with God to receive this much mercy, to receive this much blessing, to receive this much goodness, this much kindness. There's no way that you and I had any kind of credit at all that would allow us to enter into that big of a contract. And so what happened? Jesus said, hey, hey you, you sit over there. You, I, I know, I know you want to drive the car for the first time, but you ain't got enough credit. Scoot over. Let daddy sign on this contract right here. 
because you need a co-signer. You, you can't do this alone. And because you don't have enough credit, let me step up and sign for you. Something happened in our life. We didn't have enough credit to enter into the promised covenant with the Father. But Jesus did. And he said, Dad, I'll sign for them. Dad, I'll co-sign for them. Something amazing happened. Every part of our life is based off of performance, isn't it? I mean, you go to work tomorrow, you're paid off of performance. You pay commission off of performance. You're given better hours off of performance. You're going to get likes on social media based off of whatever performance you portray on social media. People are going to like you based off of your performance. People are going to reward you based off of your performance. Every part of God's promises are based off of relationship. Our life is based off of performance. God says, no, it's based off of relationship. Because you and I can never perform that good in our life. We'll never be good enough on our own. But the good news is this. God has co-signed for us. It's based off of our relationship with the Son. This is how we get the contract. This is how we get the promises. It's based off our relationship with the Son. Today, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He has already co-signed for you. Let me put it in, in our everyday English, okay? I want you to get this. Not only did he co-sign, but we get Jesus' credit score. And come on. Think about this. I, don't, I didn't earn that credit score. I don't deserve that credit score. But there's a perfect credit score given to me from the Father. And it's nothing based off of what I earned, what I deserve. It's not based on how good I've been. It's not based on anything other than my relationship with the Son. The Son has co-signed and said, you can have my credit score with the Father. And what he gave to me, he took my sin, my credit score, and he he gave it to the son and he took his son's credit score and he gave it to you and I and now we can stand before the father in a promise come on now we can stand before the promise of the father because he gave me Jesus' credit score because of that Jesus look at this Jesus has chosen not to remember my sins I have chosen not to forget his grace I, because he's chosen, he's chosen to give me that credit score because he's chosen to co-sign for me. He didn't allow me to, to sign for something I couldn't do on my own. He stepped up and signed it for me. The promises of God, the reason why I can know they're faithful, because they're based on my relationship with Jesus. My relationship with the Son. God's going to treat me like the covenant he made to Jesus. Because of my relationship with the Son. I don't get what I deserve. Otherwise, I'd be driving a piece of junk out here, right? But no, I get, I get the very best of God has for me. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he co-signed for me and changed my credit score with the Father. Now I can know, God, you are faithful. God, you are faithful. God, you are faithful. Today, you got to get that into your heart and know God is faithful for you. God loves you because God is faithful. There is no problem I have to face alone. Because God is faithful, he doesn't abandon me when I mess up. Because God is faithful, I will hold on to his promises 
Because God is faithful, I will lift my head for my redemption draws nigh. Because God is faithful, I don't give up. Because God is faithful, I let go of the rope. Because God is faithful, I hold true that all things are going to turn around for my good. So I don't let go. I don't give up. I hold on to the character of God. I hold on to who God said he was. He says, I'm full of compassion. I'm full of mercy. I'm full of love. I'm full of favor. I'm full of faithfulness. This is who I am. He's a good God. Let's bow our heads this morning. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I really needed to hear that. God's speaking to me, his faithfulness. We're going to pray for you in just a second. But first of all, I just want to ask to make sure, is there anybody here that you need to surrender your life to Jesus? That's the most important thing that happens today is you have a chance to enter into this covenant contract we're talking about. The Bible says, how do we do that? We simply believe that he was the Messiah. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins and for the sins of the world. The only son of God. He resurrected on the third day, holding power over death, hell, and the grave. Today, you've got to believe that he is Lord. You've got to confess it with your mouth. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything to call you out. But I want to make sure you have a chance to make that decision. If you're here today and you're ready to make a decision to give your life to Jesus, can you just raise your hand where I can see it and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to surrender my life. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else want to join him? Just raise a hand where I can see it. Thank you. Yeah, I see that. We're going to say this prayer. If you raise your hand, say it after me. Repeat after me. And as Christians around you, we'll help you on it as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. And I will follow you. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Man. Come on, give him a hand clap. You prayed that prayer today.